Okay, I haven't done one of these. I don't even know. It's been like maybe a month. And I said I would try and do them once a month. This is a message to myself. Episode fucking... I don't even know. Episode 9? Maybe? We'll see. 8 maybe? I don't... No, I think I did 8. Well, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> so... This is amazing. This is such a great fucking idea, by the way. I, because I just imagine, you know, I, I, today or yesterday, I watched some interviews with James Cameron talking about how I got to start and he's kind of vague on it. And I, I think the reason is because it, it was so long ago. I doubt he remembers the specifics. So by doing this, you know, when I'm have dementia, I can listen to these every single day and fall asleep to my own voice. If that's not the most narcissistic shit I have ever done, I don't know what, all right. Um, <laughs> that's horrible. No, but yeah, this will be. This is so great, so that I can listen back to it, to me talking about my life, and a message to myself. Hopefully, what I'm hoping is that someday I'll do something great, and then what'll happen is like a, you know, some fucking kid is gonna listen to this shit, and they're gonna be like, oh my god, this is all a, all these podcasts and random letters before they were famous, and I'll be like, yeah, keep it a secret, bitch, um, yeah, I hope, I hope that, uh, I don't fucking know if it will, but, you know, we'll see, um, So, I've been writing a lot more, like a lot more, and it's phenomenal. It's amazing. I, you know, I, I kept saying this to myself, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. You know, I'm only 19, so that's not saying very much, but still, it was so tremendously difficult to do. I, I think it's because, you know, I have ADHD and that makes it very, very hard to focus. And I think that was a lot of it. I'm trying to, like, find the process. And then on top of that, I had so many insecurities. I'm not good enough. I'm not born to do this. Look at all these other writers who, who don't, you know, didn't have, didn't find it this hard. They found it so easy. That means I can't do this. I'm not born for this. Um... And, you know, in the beginning, I didn't enjoy it. And I, I looked at all these writers, and they are like, I just love writing so much. And I was like, are you kidding me? I hate this shit. Like, because it, it felt so difficult. Um, and so I had all of that, and, and, and all of that mental shit I had to go through. And I'm not even at the end yet. I'm still slowly working on it um refining my process and uh writing you know um no but I do enjoy it now a lot like a lot and I and I feel like I'm looking at art 
and in a different perspective. I'm looking at life in a different way. It's this kind of paradigm shift. I feel so much more appreciative and looking around, looking at the beauty of it all and, and feeling more about the human experience and, and more about emotions. And I feel like, you know, for a while, I, I, I didn't feel like I could connect with characters. Like, I just didn't know what that feeling was. And I looked at all these other writers talk about it and they're like, you know, I just felt like the character wouldn't do that. And I was like, I don't even know what that feels like. And, and because of that, I was like, I just am not born to write, you know, and, and that, and I kept getting in my way because I had all these insecurities. And um, I, I know what they're saying. Like, I understand it now. It, it's not a fucking something you're born with, that bullshit. It's, it's learned. Like, I, I, not even learned. It's just like, the, once you do it, you kind of get it, you know? Like, fucking anything in life. Once you start, when you, when you don't know how to drive, you're like, I don't know if I can do that. I'll, look at all these other people can do it. I don't know if I can drive. Once you fucking do it, it's easy as shit. What are you talking about? You know, like, it's just, it's just like that. It's something where you just, once you do it, you kind of get it. And then I just psyched myself down so much. It took two years to get to this fucking point to start writing and, and, and doing it. And as I'm doing it, I fucking love it. It's so much fun. And it feels amazing to accomplish it, you know, to sit down and actually write it because of how hard it is. Once I'm done, I'm like, are you like, holy fuck, you know, I just wrote six pages in an hour. Like, I'm proud of myself for that, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's been taking on my whole life is, is art right now is, um is appreciating this beauty of the world around me and and then w- looking at other writers who I really respect like Lin-Manuel Miranda you know I watched the Hamilton documentary and 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 watching you know him work through his process is is beautiful because it's like you know in the documentary they showed things he was like my shot's the second shot of the song. No, it's not. Aaron Burser is. So, you know, he he changed things. What he wrote wasn't perfect. And he and he just sat there and, and fixed it, you know? Like, the first draft isn't perfect. I would love to see the first draft of a movie or something that I respect a lot and just see it be shit. That's what I... Like, that's what I want to do. If I make a movie that becomes really successful, I want to release the first draft where it's, like, horrendous. You're like, how... How did this turn into anything, you know? Because I know the feeling of looking at a finished piece of art and feeling like, oh, well, my draft sucks. I suck. I'll never be good. You know, that kind of... Those feelings. Um... hurt they really they hurt those feelings really hurt and then another thing is like I, you know right now I'm, I'm always like am I working hard enough I, I think I'm working hard enough I feel like I'm working really hard but I don't feel like I'm working really hard I, I see other people working harder and I'm like I'm not working hard enough 
Now, I'm spending every waking hour, you know, working on my craft. Like, like yesterday, I still up till like four in the fucking morning watching Moneyball, which, you know, you could argue is a waste of not being productive. Um, because I'm a filmmaker, I think it's quite the contrary. I was gonna watch the uh, Usual Suspects today, but instead I watched Avatar. Because I, I, I'm just kind of seeing all these other art pieces, and they're kind of beautiful in these different, unique ways. Which I really respect a lot. My, you know, my other biggest concern, and this is hard to even say, is, um, is that I go through these phases where I'm really into art and writing and filmmaking, and then I go through phases where I'm into, you know, computer stuff, and then I go to phases where I'm into gaming, and, and it makes me feel like, oh, I just can't do something and stick with it, and that I'll never be, I'll never be able to accomplish this because I won't stick with it. I'll just move on to something else and then move back to it eventually, you know? Which is, I don't like, I don't want to fear, feel that, fear that. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but it's, it hurts to think that. Yeah. Um I think I hope you're going to la- you're going to look back at this and laugh and be like, "Oh my god. I can't believe I was so anxious and afraid of that stupid shit." <laughs> It'll be like, "Obviously I can do it. What the fuck am I saying?" But just right now it's I'm scary. I, I mean, I think it's bullshit. Uh, I can't help but feel it. Oh, the other thing is, um, is, uh, I think I'm bisexual. Um, which has always been confusing to me. Because, like, on one hand... I'm sexually attracted to girls. On the other hand, like, if I had the opportunity to fuck Dan Levy, I mean, I I don't think there's a bone in my body that would say no. Come on, he's so fucking cute. And so, like, I, I was always afraid. Oh, what if I don't really like guys? What if it's just, like, some facade? And then the back of my head would be like, oh, but then I couldn't fuck Dan Levy. <laughs> I'd be like, but I don't want me to be straight because then I can't fuck Dan Levy. Which is just a weird twist of. Uh, <laughs> he's so cute. He's on. He's, oh my god, he's so fucking cute. Um, which you know, looking back, I'm I'm like, oh, obviously. But I think I need a fuck. I even like I barely fucked at all. I think they fuck a 
guy? Before I can, like... I don't know why I'm so anxious. Before I can say that, I'm... I don't know. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Um... I think I am. I'm like, I'm like pretty sure. Like pretty sure. But I don't know why it was, it's so hard to figure this shit out. You know what it is? I, it's cause like when I'm attracted to a guy and a girl, it's different. Like it feels different, you know? It's not the same type or style is a better way to put it of attraction it's not the same style of attraction that's a good way to put it it's it feels different talking to and dating a guy or even like lusting after a guy versus a girl it just feels different and i i guess that's something i've just never been explained maybe I, I'll bet you, though, if I post that somewhere, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> I'll be like, what? Why didn't no one say this? Oh, what a cute dog. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it feels different. So I think that is kind of what confused me for so, so long, is that it's not the same style of attraction. Um, what else has been going on? Me and, me and Cam, me and my sister's relationship has been a lot better. Um, yeah, it's been a lot better. And, you know, I told her, I told her this. You know, we were talking, and I was like, our relationship's gotten so much better over two months. It's kind of insane how much better it's gotten. She was like, I could live with you now. I'm like, you know, I kind of don't want to live with you. You could probably live with me, but... Mm, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, if I'm on the street and you need a place to live, of course. If I'm sure if I'm on the street and I need a place to live, you let me in, but... Um, no, I think living on my own with just kind of other people would be helpful. At least for the first time. You know, maybe down the road. Um, but yeah, she was like, the reason our relationship's gotten better is because I started respecting her. And I just kept thinking about that. Like, I mean, yeah, I've changed my level of respect a bit. But really, I think what it is, is that she just kind of earned my respect more than anything else you know because before she was kind of miserable yeah just miserable she was miserable and when you're around that you're like oh you know I feel it and like you, I felt like I was walking on eggshells and like I like we weren't vulnerable with each other you know there was kind of this barrier between us uh, but then when she started going to therapy She's gotten so much better, so much happier, and exploring herself, and 
understanding when she is crossing the line as well as you know i am i'm i can understand when i'm crossing the line because i've gone through so much therapy um yeah and, and so you know because she's she's gotten so much better i think she's more so earned my respect i didn't just give it up to her you know i didn't just give it to her because she asked politely she just earned it um and i told her that and i think that made her happy which is good oh another thing i think I, we talked about this is um you know what is it i like i like it, it i don't know if we talked about this on here but it's a principle that i've known for a while which is like people like you based on how you make them feel so i've been really trying to make people feel good about themselves when they're around me by like congratulating them on things and when they show me something being interested even when i couldn't give less of a shit just like and not like you know and that's not i don't think it's um like a false fakeness because you know i am interested in it not interested in what they're talking about per se but just the fact that they're interested in it and i want them to feel good about that i want them to express it because i know how important that is when you when i'm interested in something i want to express it and i would kill for someone to just talk to me about it, even if they don't fucking care just so i can talk about it more you know and and so I don't think of it very much as a fake thing, because that's not the intention. It's not to deceive anybody. It's to make them feel better about themselves, you know, which is important. Um, yeah, no, but but the, the things that people love is like uh, they they say something and then you ask like pretty specific questions about it, so like. My sister was talking about uh, making paper or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, how are you? How are you gonna do that?" And she explained the process, and I was like, "That's that's really cool." So you just like put it in the in the thing, and then you you wet it, and then you know she explains it. So you just kind of interact with it, and and it shows that you know. First off, the first step to doing it is paying attention and listening. Which is another thing that I feel like I've gotten so much better about is when me and Ken have this conversation, I can actually just listen to her and like I can give a shit about her opinion because I feel like, you know, in some aspects I see your opinion is not very well thought out. It's kind of, you don't really understand what you're talking about in terms of like some of the political discussions we have, you know, we were talking about how I'm, you know, I was, we were talking about race, and she was like, well, we're not black, so, you know, we can't have those discussions, and I said, or she said, and, and so I can't really, you know, I think we should talk to the black people and ask their opinion, but then I was like, well, I mean, my, my credentials don't invalidate my argument, you know, my argument is independent of who I am, I can be white and still be right, and I can be black and still be wrong, so I didn't think that was a very valid argument. And and then there I was kind of, you know, I, I kind of was like, okay, it seems like you're just kind of listening to other people, which is valid. It's fine. I mean, you know, I, I do the same thing. I, you know, I had, 
really i think an interesting take on immigration for a while which is like if we just um make make legal immigration easier then that'll kind of solve the problem and and i still think it would um but then i was listening to a wonderful ted talk about a lady who who was showing that um you know, community outreach programs in highly violent areas in Central America had a significant impact on immigration rates. My counter to that would be like, you know, you're kind of putting money at the problem, which is violence and not... So like, it's it's not... I wouldn't say it's a very efficient use of money, even though it does provide some statistically significant results. I don't think it really solves the problem. And then when you stop putting money into it, you um, the problem comes back. And uh, the money you spend to fix the issues are going to be greater than if you just fix a problem. And the problem is poverty. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. Most problems around violence, gangs, drugs, and the scum of humanity... Um, not, I say that not in like, they are the scum, but like the ideas of the scum of humanity, the worst parts of humanity, rape, murder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, come from all, all stem from poverty. All of it, all of it stems from poverty. It's a pretty direct fucking correlation. So if you fix poverty, yeah, you're going to fix the issue. But then the other thing is like, okay, should America pour money into, other countries to try and fix their poverty because they're just coming here, you know? That's a different question about our foreign policy. And I... I could be... I could go either way. I think I need to see more evidence and some compelling arguments. And I could I could go either way right now. But uh, I'm sure I could form a, a, a more strict opinion. So, like, I, I have opinions. I do. It's just my opinions aren't... They're set in stone by the data and, and uh, facts and studies. They're not set in stone because they're my opinion. So they can be malleable, which doesn't mean my opinion's malleable. If the data shows differently, I will change my opinion. But if the data doesn't, then you can't change my opinion without giving me a compelling argument with, you know, the data. That's what I fucking care about. Show me something significant. Um... Another thing, I know I'm going on a ramble, I love this, is, um, is fucking science. I mean, this, the level of scientific, uh, distrust is insane. And I, I, you know, I think part of it can be, um, Russia's foreign policy, uh, you know, some foreign policy that Putin heavily leaned on. The book, The Foundations of Geopolitics, which, uh, 1995 by some guy who says with a G or something, shit like that. Um, which is to kind of destabilize larger threats and pretty much America. I mean, to destabilize America. Uh, which has worked great with the internet. I mean, really, phenomenally well. Hats off to Putin. Hats off to Putin. Uh, and, and, you know, so I think the other people who can be blamed is science and science literacy because science has this fucking, I don't know, huge stick up their ass or something where they can't dumb anything down. Everything has to be said with the most 
fucking uncomprehendable shit, you know, the average person doesn't under, I, I read studies, I barely understand what the fuck is going on, you know, the average person doesn't, like, knows as much as, you know, as I do about this shit, they don't understand what the fuck, a, a variable is greater than B times C under V variable, it's like, what the fuck does that, can we just make this easier to fucking understand, I mean, who, who writes this shit, okay, can we just have, like, a nice paragraph that a layman person like me can understand? Because what happens, okay, is you do all these fucking studies with this insane language, and then you leave it up to these fucking journalists to understand this shit. They don't know, they know about as much as we fucking do, okay? They don't understand this shit. And so then you draw the wrong conclusions from a study, and, and you know, the study doesn't have a bunch of questionable variables, and it wasn't backed up by other scientists, you know, with different motives. So this is a, you know, kind of, people use all these fucking, these studies to back up their, their arguments, which is fine, but you have to understand that's not the whole part of it. You have to have other studies, peer-reviewed studies that say, oh, this is accurate. We tried this with different funding, different motives, a different team in a different location, and we got similar results. It's like, oh, okay, perfect. That means it's, you know, it's pretty accurate. We can just do that but like you know people don't fucking understand that so they'll pull out one study and use it to make their point across and even with that study they'll kind of misrepresent it so if we just had these like little fucking paragraph kind of like the abstract section but better because that one's even then it doesn't give you the best overview of what's really happening if we can just have like a fucking section of all published studies for layman people to understand where you have the biases you know you have what your goal was how you did it and then um the conclusions and then all the nuances of the conclusion saying we can't draw perfect conclusions from this we need more peer-reviewed studies here are my biases etc it doesn't have to be the whole fucking document doesn't have to be the whole method just a general overview that normal fucking people can understand would greatly help science literacy because no one wants to if i'm not a fucking son if i'm like a daycare teacher do you really fucking think i want to sit there and learn all this shit no who the fuck who's got time for that i mean let's be real with ourselves okay so just add a little fucking section so people can actually understand it it's frustrating it's very frustrating um Sorry, I know I'm going on a bunch of fucking rambles. <laughs> um, yeah, so right now I'm writing a screenplay about... Um, the working title right now is Border, an American Story. And it starts off with uh, the poem on the Statue of Liberty, which is... Uh, let me look it up, actually. Because it's, it's a, a really beautiful poem. It's called The New Colossus. And it says, uh, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shores. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a really beautiful poem. And, and the whole script is about... A, a mother and her child immigrating to the United States. 
and that's it. And it's a really simple premise, and that's kind of the point, to be a simple premise. Uh, you know, what'll make it good is not the premise, it's the execution. I got plenty other interesting premises that I can deal with, but right now I just want a nice, a, 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 a nicely executed work of art. Um, and you know, it's all of Central America is riveted in poverty, and what comes with poverty is drug, violence, gangs, murders, rape. Um, and so I'm watching, doing a ton of research about it, and all the research, all of these documentaries I'm watching are so fucking depressing. It is like, this is hell on earth. Nobody ever lives here. Nobody should come here. But I kind of, you know, and, and of course that's a reality, and you can't disregard that, but I want to show the beauty inside the pits of despair that is poverty. Because there is a sort of beauty to it. Um, there are those small moments where, where people who don't know you help you out because they know what you're going through. And, and, and that wonderful irony of the poorest people who have the least in the world give the most. You know, there's a lot of studies that go over that. And, and that, I think that is a beautiful irony. That the poorest people in this world who have the least are the ones who give the most. And you know, there are realities of it. And the realities of, uh, of what it's like to, to come up from Central America, which is a fucking really hard journey. Hopefully I can execute it well. I'm going to Mexico, December 19th. I have a friend who lives there. And hopefully we're going to go to a couple migrant... Um, migrant shelters. And I'll be able to talk to them. And, and um, really get a sense of the atmosphere of what it's like in Central, Central America. And I know Mexico's North America, but it's fucking close enough. I mean, let's be, let's, it's close enough. Um, yeah. So, no, I've been doing pretty well right now. I'm just kind of getting my sea legs in the writing game, I guess, is how I'll put it. Um, and I, and I've looked around at the world in this new kind of beautiful symphony um, and, I, and I look at, at uh, all these other artists who have laid the ground before me with so much respect and admiration Especially Lemon Mal Miranda. I mean, I can't get over this guy. God damn. Hamilton is more than brilliant. It's fucking such a goddamn masterpiece. And like, you know, just just uh, watching him go through that creative process where he's like... And, and being able to see... Uh, how he... How 
the, you know, the idea came about, which is like, he was reading the book and he saw a hip hop, he, he, he made the connection between uh, an immigrant coming up from the bottom with nothing and making something of himself to hip hop, right? Which is a, a connection that anybody can make. That's a, yeah, that makes sense how that connection came about. And then from there, you know, he started to write about the, the uh, early United States and hip hop, right? So, so that's, that's a very small leap from the, the original idea, but it, it's a leap that makes sense. And then, but then when you don't look at how he came about that idea, it's like, oh my God, what? You just, there's a hip hop musical about the founding fathers? What? Um, and, and, uh, and then from there, you know, he writes these beautiful songs about, uh, you know, a republic democracy and, and, um, you, you just feel the depth of knowledge and understanding in, in these songs and it, it's hard to describe the kind of feelings that I get from it. And, you know, you also could argue that part of the reason I feel so deeply about this song is because I'm just now even starting my journey um, really writing. You know, I've, I've written a few things before, but I, I, there I feel a very strong paradigm shift now. And, and uh, so the reason I'm so deeply moved by this is you know, it's a wonderful work of art, but also I, I relate so much to its creator that I feel an even deeper connection with the piece as if it were my own. You know? Like, when a mom is pregnant, she's about to have her child. And then... Once that happens, you feel this deeper connection with your mom and your grandma and all of the other mothers in your family, you know, as if you were your own child. Because <clears throat> you, you, you understand what they felt when they were in your shoes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big paradigm shift a big shift and I'm I feel fortunate to have it and experience it and and the ride is I'm so excited for it Uh, the little bit I've seen is is really something so anyways I I think I'm lost I have no fucking idea where I am I'm in a weird like I know, I, like the highway I was on was super under construction. It didn't look that great. Now I'm out in the middle of fuckface nowhere with a bunch of car places, you know? Like when you go out in the real, real south and there's like mechanic shop everywhere because that's all they know how to do. Is that horrible? It's a joke. Yeah, that's might be mean. Anyways, um... I love you. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. And I know that when you listen to this and you hear me describe where I am, you're going to be like, what? And just have not remember it at all. Um, that's a fucking monster. I don't even know if that's a monster truck. That's something. 
Um, I love you. I can't wait to see where you go. Um, yeah, I love you. And I'm, I'm ready to fucking go on this journey to become you. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> okay. All right, I love you. We'll talk in about a month, hopefully. Bye-bye.